This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 127 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, April 16th, 2022. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we welcome CEO of Foam Punch Games, Dirk Van Welden, on to discuss their launch of the snowboarding Xbox exclusive Shredders. The Witcher 3's next-gen update has been delayed, and Microsoft is exploring new ad revenue programs in free-to-play titles. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I want to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness are extensive to the so many people who shared with me their thoughts and congratulations on the Lauren Landing interview going uh, widely public. Double thanks to those who provided context to that interview and didn't just run away with the headline. Uh, goodness knows there was a lot of attention on XEP and likely brought in some new listeners. So hello to all of you. Uh, but it was especially appreciated whenever I saw news outlets provide context to what it was that Lauren Lanning was saying uh, versus just going with the devastating headline that that uh, people tended to run with. Uh, in no way, shape, or form was Lauren Lanning doing anything to disparage PlayStation. Uh, he was more, more talking about the uh, detriments to a delay and what that can do to a studio in certain cases. Uh, I, I recognize that a lot of people just saw the headline, but uh, for goodness sakes, the context was so important on that particular story, but nonetheless, it was very cool to see XEP getting attention and people uh, saying kind words, checking out the show for the first time. Hopefully you guys stick around and enjoy. Uh, there's an immense back catalog of guest interviews from around the gaming industry, over 50 different um, developers, voice actors, uh, directors, I mean, incredible industry advocates for equality. I mean, I started off, you know, interviewing very small indies and can will continue to interview indies because I so enjoy that. Uh, but some big names kind of throughout that pantheon of people that have been kind enough to join me uh, and donate their time to this show. And so it is appreciated. And anyone that's new, welcome. And uh, anyone that's been sticking around since the get go, I really appreciate you guys. It's a it's a pretty cool way to, to you know, every weekend to get to know that I get to talk about video games and, and share those thoughts with people. Uh, you guys are awesome. And, and it's just really, really cool. Let me offer some congratulatory statements towards Scoop Jessica and Josh Bones, winners of the two copies of Lego Star Wars. Uh, I bought the game for review and then was provided a review copy after I'd already purchased it. They said I could give it away, gave away one, but because I got one free, I wanted to also purchase an another one for you guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. I'm having an absolute blast in the Lego world far, far away. Uh, goodness, man, that game is is so much fun. I have... 100%ed the original trilogy uh, and episodes one and two. I'm working on episode three, and then I'll go on to the sequel trilogy. Uh, I went in release order of that. So many characters, so many fun times, fun memories. Uh, I'm just having a blast with that game, and it's just 
it's a celebration of Star Wars, and, and it couldn't be more fun uh, than that. I am having optimization issues with it. I'm bouncing in between my Series S and X, and I've seen crashes on both. Crashes to dashboard, freezes, uh, having to, to, you know, like close all the way out of the game. It hasn't had anything to do with quick resume that I can tell. Uh, really frustrating to be kind of interrupted with such a great gameplay experience and then be interrupted, you know, kicking back out to dashboard or having to freeze up very odd uh, circumstances. Cause you wouldn't expect it in a Lego game and you wouldn't expect it on series S and X's, but uh, it is happening to me. I did tweak that out and didn't really get a lot of feedback on it. So I don't think it's happening to a lot of people. Uh, I don't know why it would be kind of happening on two different boxes for me, but uh, so it goes. I am still loving the game without a doubt, having a blast with it. Um, and it is it is keeping me from getting to my backlog, which continues to mount, continues to mount. Uh, I did end up with a copy of Godfall. And you can look forward to a written interview uh, that will relate to Godfall. It'll pop up on Season Gaming in the next few weeks, uh, kind of as that's able to happen. Uh, but I got the game so I can check it out. Uh, courtesy of Gearbox, and I'll, I'll see kind of how that goes. Because uh, I remember I was kind of on the fence about buying it when I last talked about it. Um, and I said I was going to hold out. Well, looks like I'll be playing it sooner rather than later, which is exciting. And I've still got uh, Elix 2 and Cyberpunk kind of sitting there waiting for me. Uh, but I just can't seem to get away from from Fortnite no build mode and from Lego Star Wars. I, I've i comfortably left Elden Ring in my back back mirror, or in my rear view mirror, I should say. Uh, you know, I put in that 160 hours that I talked about last week and I'm just, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not feeling the urge anymore, which is nice, you know, cause like, you know, when you leave a game that you absolutely love and then you have that kind of like gape in your, or that gap in your heart and you're just like, what, what is this? What do I do? Uh, this gaping hole in, in my life or I don't get to play the game that I was loving. Now, thankfully, uh, I have gotten far enough away that time has healed wounds there, uh, and I am just loving my memories of Elden Ring, but I'm not like you know desperate to play it anymore because I was not one to do like a second build or or anything. That's not how I was uh, ever really going to play that game. Once I played through it once, I was I was done, uh, and I got a cool ending for sure. The Age of Stars for anyone that's interested in that. Um, 160 hours, had a blast with it. Did I think every boss in the game? I th- think uh you know you never know with with from software but all the boss achievements and i think i cleared out all the catacombs and stuff so we'll see we'll see right um all right yeah let's go let's go jump into some news there was a light news week all things considered uh the news came out that the witcher 3's next gen which we should be calling current gen at this point update is going to be delayed originally it was planned to release in quarter two of this year, uh, but apparently is being brought back in-house, uh, likely due to tensions in Russia at the moment uh, and development being handled by a Russian-based development team. It looks like they're pulling away from that. Uh, a lot of people were were jumping to conclusions given the way that CD Projekt Red has handled uh, Cyberpunk and how they were handling the expansions, which are still coming for Cyberpunk, uh, given how they were discussing kind of the next-gen elements of Cyberpunk and what they were doing there. And um, all things considered, my understanding is that Cyberpunk 2077 is a fantastic experience now on PS5 and Series S and X. Uh, I still have not played it yet. It's on my to-do list. Uh, but I was thinking about waiting and just playing Witcher 3 before I did Cyberpunk. I was kind of t- toying with that idea. But it looks like that's going to be delayed and not likely due to mismanagement. I think it was people were jumping onto that headline once again uh, and making their own conclusions. But it looks more like... Uh, that studio that was helping with that update, it was based in Russia, and there's a lot of tensions going on there. And uh, 
you have to imagine with with the political strife and then the infrastructure strife that's taking place, uh, it, it was not feasible for that team to be moving builds around and, and making updates working with CDPR. So it's a bummer for people that haven't experienced The Witcher, especially when you think about all the hype that's coming courtesy of The Witcher show, which is you know amazing. Two seasons in, they're filming season three right now. Uh, it's a shame they won't be able to capitalize on it. And I would imagine that you don't see Witcher 3 next gen until quarter four at the earliest, probably more like 2023, which um, a total bummer. I know for, for a lot of people, I know I was looking forward to it, but I mean, play Elden Ring, you know, like that's, that's what I would suggest. If you're in the mood for a fantasy game and, and you've got something that you're not sure about, go with Elden Ring. That's the one that is the one right there. I was looking for a fantasy game. Longtime listeners will know that I was itching for a fantasy game. Cause I didn't expect Elden Ring to be that game. Uh, and it hit at the right time. I was literally playing Witcher three and then I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll try it. And then, then there it was, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm stoked for the Witcher three update when it happens, but I, I think like many games, we're going to see a lot of stuff getting delayed indefinitely, uh, for a lot of, a lot of political and, and infrastructure based reasons. And, uh, I want to caution people. I saw some, um, some other backlash of people like attacking Russian studios, because they were Russian and keep in mind, not every person from a certain area agrees with the actions of their government. Uh, that's something that I would, would ask that people keep in mind and be wary of, particularly when the availability of information isn't always easy uh, in some places. So, you know, take that for what you will. Nonetheless, go beyond the headline, I suppose is, is the lesson there. Uh, interestingly, we saw the Unreal Engine 5 get a lot of attention over the past few weeks, and I hadn't really talked about it much on, on this show. I, we talked about it a bit on Cast Co-op, which if you haven't checked out Cast Co-op, uh, I would encourage you to do so. We're in the midst of kind of, uh, redesigning the, the logos and some other stuff there. I say we, I've had nothing to do with it. I'm just, uh, in awe of the people that are talented and helping us out. But in the late, most recent Cast Co-op episode on Season Gaming's YouTube page, we, discussed halo battle royale which uh court lalonde i see your question and i'll answer it in just a bit uh we also discussed unreal engine 5 and kind of its influence on the gaming industry and how we really don't know much because we're not engine experts it was it was a good conversation and, and a relevant one but nonetheless uh if you're interested in learning more about what the epic games is is launching as far as unreal engine there are blog posts all over the place microsoft themselves put out one on the xbox wire uh discussing and showcasing work that the coalition had done with unreal engine 5's test demo uh that made like it was something like 100 times more graphical detail than they'd been able to do before uh will tuttle the xbox wire editor-in-chief uh, he put stuff up there on xbox wire to kind of discuss that which was cool and edward varnell wrote in he said do you think microsoft studios will release more games because of unreal engine 5 uh, and what happens with with 343 studios engine for the future so Two questions in that. First, you know, are, are they going to release more games because of Unreal Engine 5? Um, Edward, probably, right, is the answer. We know a lot of games, including like Hellblade 2 and, and Avowed, are in development using Unreal. But Unreal is apparently just a, not apparently, it's a, it's a wonderful use of a tool set that many Microsoft Studios have been hands-on with for months at this point. Uh, on good authority from, from a pretty reputable reporting, uh, you know, you've got Hellblade 2, Avowed, and something like six, seven others uh, that we know about within the Xbox pantheon of, of studios and titles. So, yes, I'm sure it will help games become more uh, available kind of from their uh, the multiple studios 
not multiple teams within studios. Goodness, lose my own brain there. Uh, I'm sure we'll see more games there, but like it's hard for me to to say that because I'm not a developer. And uh, Unreal tools have been out for you know decades at this point and, and gone through multiple iterations. And each you know you can have games entirely developed in Unreal you know 4.4 and 4.7 and so it's just an ongoing thing, but Unreal Engine 5 surely is going to bring some of the best of the best for this generation and, and beyond, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and as far as what happens with 343's uh, Slipspace engine, uh, I'm sure that we're going to see more of it. We've got uh, plenty of valid reporting that there is a Battle Royale uh, coming for Halo. That Slipspace engine makes for some great gameplay. Uh, there is no doubt that Halo uh, Infinite has seen far too little content coming since its launch they put out a pretty pretty spectacular gameplay experience uh, across the available modes and we know that it's light on content and i think it's getting deserved uh, feedback and, and repercussion for that but the gameplay itself and that slipspace engine seems to be doing quite well for them so i'm curious to know what we we get out of certain affinities battle royale-esque modes uh, that they're working on which is codenamed uh, it's like tatanka i believe is what it's codenamed uh, and it looks like it's going to be happening sooner rather than later. And for, for the record, Court wrote in asking specifically about uh, Battle Royale and if that would be the resurgence that Halo Infinite needs. The answer, Court, is yes, absolutely. Uh, that, that will be the resurgence the game needs. It looks like it's not going to drop with Season 2 in early May. We need co-op Forge and Battle Royale for a healthy Halo experience in 2023. And I think they've got time because there's nothing really else on the market, but Fortnite no build mode has showed what a battle royale can do in third person. And if they were to pull that camera out and make a third person Halo Infinite, I would be so ecstatic. Uh, I'm really curious to see what they could do in first person with the Halo Slipspace engine and the world building that would happen. If you have ODSTs dropping in or you have uh, Covenant ships making PVE elements into your onto the map, I would I would just have an absolute blast with that. So I'm hopeful that it happens sooner rather than later. And if it were my money involved, I would I would prioritize Battle Royale over Forge and over Co-op because that's where the 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 players are. That's where the people's interests are. There's a lot of hardcore uh, Halo players that'll want to keep things old school, but old school doesn't drive new gamers. And I think that's probably the the big difference there. So my hope is that Battle Royale happens sooner rather than later. And uh, the Slipspace engine continues to to get used and, and optimized because I really enjoy the gameplay that is coming of, of Halo Infinite. I want that game to be the platform that its potential serves it to be. So a uh, bit of a combination question there between Edward and Court. But, you know, I have a lot of, of hope, I think, for Halo Infinite and, and what uh, it could bring. And I have a lot of hope for what Unreal Engine 5 could bring, not just to Xbox, but to the gaming industry for sure. That um, They're, I mean, it's just... It, Epic does good work, right? Epic does good work. And seeing the coalition helping them solve problems, if you're unaware, they help them solve uh, several coding issues with, with just different elements of the engine. It's cool to see that collaboration and excitement. Um, it's awesome. It's awesome. That's what I want to see, right? And uh, if you do end up going to listen to that cast co-op episode, which I would encourage you guys to do, we have a lot of fun on that show. Um, Ains, Ainsley Bowden from Season Gaming makes the point that an engine does not a game make and... Yeah, that's true. That's true. Engines are only a piece of the puzzle, for sure. Uh, let's see, one more news story that we're going to get to. It's a light news week, like I said, guys. Uh, and that is that Microsoft is exploring new ad programs in free-to-play titles. Uh, and it's looking to reportedly let advertisers insert ads into free-to-play Xbox games. 
by as early as quarter three of this year. Uh, this is a report coming out of Business Insider being reported on by sites like IGN as well that they could show up as something similar to perhaps billboards in racing games or something like that. Uh, and it's unclear just how missable or skippable they may or may not be. But at the moment, Microsoft's not really trying to make money off of this revenue style program, which I realize is counterintuitive, but the word revenue, it, it looks like they're trying to really figure out the right partners and method of delivery within their Xbox advertising network. The idea of, of figuring out how to do it, which agencies to partnership with, uh, or to create partnerships with, which ones are going to be you know, advantageous for everybody involved. Uh, and I, to me, I have red flags, but I also have like, yeah, this was inevitable. This is something I was expecting. We saw ads in video games as early as like Alan Wake, right? Where you had, I want to say Energizer, Duracell and Verizon ads all over the game in the original version. And so this doesn't bother me if it's a free to play game, uh, if they were egregious or predatory, it would be, but I always think about how much money I've spent in Fortnite, and then I think about how much money I've spent in Avengers, and I think about how much money I've spent in other games where microtransactions or skin and cosmetics are a factor, whether or not those games are free-to-play or premium. And uh, in, in those realms, are the revenue models built for sustainability, or do they need to go through changes? And this could be one way to get a great game out to more people, it could also be a pretty predatory way to take advantage of gamers. And so it's definitely a space that needs to be watched. I have red flags all over the place when I see something like this. And I think you should too, regardless of who's making it. Uh, while this is a Microsoft related story and this is a Microsoft related show, you should always be conscious and aware of how these deals could influence the greater game industry, how these models could influence the greater game industry. Think about battle pass systems and how Fortnite changed the way that online multiplayer progression exists and how so many people are upset with the different ways that in Halo Infinite, for example, you might progress your character or your, your time spent in the game. It's no longer about just playing in the game. It's about progression and a battle pass. Fortnite did that, and this could too do something for free-to-play models as well. I don't know what, and it does give me the heebie-jeebies, I should say. Um, I, I feel like we kind of saw this when... You know, Stadia was teased and they were going to let you like just click and then from from the YouTube video, go play the game. And it felt to me like they were trying to make games so synonymous with the YouTube viewing experience that ads would, would have to play in between and around your game. And that is terrifying when you think about how YouTube used to never have that problem. And now it's like two, three ads will play in between your five minute video, which is in and of itself a trailer, thus an ad for a game or a movie. So it's weird. It's weird, right? But uh, watch that space is what I would say there. Watch that space and, and see what happens for sure. All right, guys, let's get to listener questions. Then we're going to roll over to that interview with the Foam Punch CEO uh, to discuss Shredders, which pretty cool snowboarding game, plenty of, of oddities and strange uh, elements to, that, to the game's control scheme, but they got really great feedback over on Steam and the Xbox audience seemed to take to them very uniquely as well. And Dirk Van Weldon addresses a lot of that. He also talks about some of the Game Pass elements and how Microsoft approached them to be exclusive and into Game Pass. And there's a lot of uh, interesting kind of quotes and tidbits into that interview. And so I hope you guys will check that out. Now, uh, we've got two questions that we haven't brought up just yet. The first one comes from the Lord James Suddy. 
He says, great interview last week. Now that you're into Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, he means, what are your thoughts on couch co-op games that do not offer online co-op? Especially consider what we are in with technology now. Ten years ago, I understand not doing it, but today... Sorry, that's an odd one, man. It bothers me. It bothers me that I can't jump in and play Lego Star Star Wars with people uh, to the same extent. It's like, how would that work, right? When there's so many open areas to go with, and that's kind of the problem that Halo Infinite is running into as well. Like, what's the draw distance going to be? What's the play distance, especially when you are dealing with something like Smart Delivery where someone could be playing on a launch Xbox One and then someone could be playing on a Series X. Those are two very different experiences. Uh and the amount of rendering it's going to take first on couch co-op versus online is an, a counter argument to that. It's like, why, if it can do it couch, why can't you go online? And there's a lot of stuff that is just beyond my realm, but it does bother me. It does. It bothers me that it happens, but like, I don't know if it really bothers me, right? Like I'm, I would love to play Lego star Wars with people, but one of the joys of that game is doing whatever you want in the moment and just bouncing in and out of different things, doing co-op, online might be really difficult as far as like a a user experience and a user interface level. And that game is already a mess of, of, you know, selection menus and what you're going to do to activate, not activate types of studs, that kind of stuff. So I'm curious, but we'll see. Uh, I'm more bothered when it happens in games like, like 2d side scrollers, right? Something in in that experience where the Cowabunga collection, if that were to launch without online co-op, I'd be really upset because I would want to jump in there and play a Ninja Turtles game with my friends. That's where I want to play that. But those are traditionally couch co-op style games. So, you know, it, it, it always confuses me, I guess you would say, why they wouldn't include it. Um, but also there are, there are reasons that are technical and beyond my knowledge realm. Uh, I'm more bothered when it's Halo Infinite, right? Like when I can't play co-op with my friends there in any way, shape, or form, couch or otherwise. That that does bum me out for sure. Uh, this one comes from Todd Oxtra. My man, Todd Oxtra, always supporting this show. I, every week I can count on him to, to write in, and I appreciate that, Todd. Uh, he says, now that DC is part of new ownership, what non-Batman-related games would you like to see them make? Should they contact? Should they contract studios outside of WB games similar to Marvel? Uh, absolutely, they should be contracting more studios to make these games, more developers of different types to see how they could take advantage of the DC uh, pantheon of heroes. I said in, I don't remember if it was XCP or Cast Co-op or somewhere else, I had said several weeks ago that they needed a Kevin Feige figure over at DC and Warner Brothers to to guide the DC heroes universe in my perfect world. It is James Gunn and Zack Snyder working together to, to mold these things. And funnily enough, stories came out like a, a couple days ago saying they needed a, they were looking for a Kevin Feige figure and looking to reshuffle everything. And it's a, it's a shame to think about what a mess DC is in the movie space and what they've wasted. Uh, the great actors they've wasted. They've put out some incredible films like the Batman, uh, you know, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, Zack Snyder's version of Justice League in my mind. Uh, and then they've put out some absolute trash. Wonder Woman 1984, Suicide Squad. Um, I'm, I'm like, oh, uh, the original Whedon version of, of Justice League. Like they put out some real trash. And so like they really do need a guiding hand in their film space. And I think that guiding hand in the film space would do a lot to help steer their gameplay space as well. We know the Wonder Woman game is coming. We know that Gotham Knights is coming. We know that the Suicide Squad title uh, is coming. But there is more to be taken advantage of. And who's to say we've seen all the different variations of those heroes 
being played with within, in the game world. Like I would love to see Green Arrow taken advantage of uh, as a hero. I would love to see uh, The Flash, a game created for The Flash. And that elusive Superman title, that Superman movie, everything with Superman seems to be elusive from Warner Brothers at this point. But there were incredible games that showcased flying in the last 10 years. And even as far back as Superman returns, the 360 version of that game flying was incredible. DC universe online did a good job with flying. We've seen uh, Anthem and Avengers do a good job with flying in terms of like the mechanics, right? If you focused on that, you could nail Superman's flight abilities. And then if you take what we've learned about open world systems and GTA and uh, dropping a hero into that world and who knows, maybe unreal engine five helps this. It'd be really cool to see a speedster or a Superman character move throughout a world like that. Um, I really want to see them take advantage of, of those, those primary characters. And I think the easy answer for everybody would be to kind of pick a, a nonchalant like booster gold or some random DC hero that not a lot of people love and say, let's go with this. Cause it doesn't have expectations, but I want to see them taking advantage of the justice league and making use of the impact that those characters can have on people for elements of hope and excitement. Um, but DC is a mess right now, man. It's just an absolute mess. My hope, my, my dream is that we get more Matt Reeves, the Batman, um, James Gunn continues to stick with DC properties. Uh, you know, my, I already got, I, I feel like I already got what I never thought I'd get with Snyder's version of justice league. And like that, I think that I, I'm, I'm well aware people let, joke on me for that one, but like, that was a great film. And I loved that his three, three movies and then his influence on wonder woman. Uh, I really liked that. So I feel like I can't complain if they move on and recast, but it's a shame to waste some of the great actors they've got there. And man, it's, it's tough, man. DC is, it's so close to my heart. It's hard to be objective, but then, you know, I think about star Wars, like to me, all star Wars is good. Star Wars. It's some, some of it's great. Right. But like, I still love star Wars. I'll still love DC. Even when they put out trash, I'll just ignore it and move on. Like, sometimes we worry too much about what is canon and what isn't and what's official and what isn't. And like, to me, the star Wars pantheon of movies, that's my, that's my word for this episode, by the way, the star Wars stories that are told by Disney and then by pre Disney in the, in the now legends universe, those are equally important to me. Like everything that happened with Jason and Jaina solo and the Yuzhen Vong and uh, the fate of the Jedi series in the, now legends version of the extended star Wars universe. That's real to me. That's all real to me. That's Canon to me uh, as is the DC stuff. I'm sorry, as is the, the Disney version of, of you know, star Wars after return of the Jedi, it doesn't matter what's Canon to us in fictional worlds. We can just enjoy it. And so my hope is that DC is able to put together more stories for more people. And I hope that Marvel uh, figures it out. They seem very lost right now, but in a very different way, Marvel's lost with success. And they're like trying to figure out, all right, what do we do now? We've got Spider-Man. How do we work with Sony? How do we not? Uh, is Eternals what we want to do? Is Shang-Chi what we want to do? Is it the series and Loki? You know, Marvel's kind of lost in and of itself. I'm going on a tangent, but here you go. I heard Alexa Ray talk about how Hawkeye should have been a movie and a tighter, smaller story. Whereas Black Widow should have been a series with, with more stories to tell with Yelena and, Natasha and it's like yo she's right you know figuring that stuff out is important and the pandemic and subscription services played a lot of factors into that so we'll see we'll see uh, 
All right, guys, that's enough talking from me. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of XCP. I'm going to send you over now to an interview with Dirk Van Weldon, CEO of Phone Punch Games, to discuss the Xbox exclusive title Shredders uh, and how Game Pass influenced it, how they were approached and, and their development timelines with it, and how they handled reception to the game, which was mixed across a couple of different platforms. Enjoy it. Have a great rest of your week. Take care. And I am very fortunate now to welcome to the show, Mr. Dirk Van Weldon, CEO and developer from Foam Punch Games, makers of the most recent snowboarding game on Xbox, Shredders. Dirk, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to have you. Uh, a lot of the great stuff to talk about. Shredders, of course, uh, recently came out, but I have to share with the listeners, it was tough for us to schedule this for the <laughs> coolest reason in the world. And I, I dig this so much. We had scheduled a date and then you were like, you know what? I can't make it because, and get this, everybody, they went snowboarding. It was the coolest, a well-earned break after uh, putting out the game. Uh, I have to ask first then, how was your trip? Yeah, it was awesome. We had a uh, beautiful snow, uh, three days of powder, three days of very heavy wet snow, which was less fun, but still, like, I was on a board, and it took me a while because of the project, so I was super happy to be back snowboarding. I didn't break anything, so even better. Where, where did you guys go snowboarding? Like, where are you guys located, I guess? Is well, we actually, we didn't go with the whole team, so everyone already had things planned because, like, lots of us didn't have a lot of time for our families in in the past months or even like year. Uh, mm -hmm. So a lot of people just went with their families. And I think some people went to France. Uh, I went to Austria, to Damuls, um, yeah, which is very close to Switzerland. Um, so I usually go to the to the Alps. Uh, been numerous times to France, Switzerland, Italy, and, and Austria. That's so cool because it's like you got you're you're making a game about something you love and. Uh that has to affect development on some levels. Like you're, you're playing the game. You're like, you know what? This doesn't look like it would if I was actually out uh, in the snow or going down a hill or that kind of thing. Is that true? Or am I just speculating there? No, no, completely. I, I think like, like, just like you saw when skate was being made uh, back in the days, you could feel that those people had been skating. Um, and maybe not all of them, like maybe not the shader programmer, but the people making the gameplay or people making gameplay decisions they surely had been on the skateboards and you could feel it and then yeah i think here a lot of people were snowboarders uh the key programmers were snowboarders they knew how it felt uh so yeah it actually it makes a big difference and, and next to that i think like with any gaming project i think passion it's like the secret sauce of any project and uh, with passion, you just gain that extra punch you need to have to create any video game, I guess. Uh, and yeah, so there was something that we loved doing and I've been doing since I was a kid uh, and we were passionate about. And I always wanted to make a snowboarding game. So this has been my third try, I guess. And uh, co-founder Marcus, he actually made one, the snowboard game, which was out on Steam like uh, three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. um so so yeah we both have had history with games and extreme sport games and, and game development and passionate about snowboarding so yeah well th that leads me to then to if you this is your third attempt what were the other attempts prior to this one 
Actually, <laughs> one of the first Unity projects I tried, and I mean like when I say Unity, it was Unity 1.6. It was only on Mac back in the days. Oh, wow. I think it was like 2004, 5. Okay. I'm not sure. Maybe a bit later, but not too much. <laughs> and uh, I bought a Mac for it. And one of the first things I tried, like everyone tries like an old arcade game or something or recreating something. But I had I'd spent time in like 3D engines before. Uh, but I just wanted to make a snowboarding game. And, and there's a post on the Unity 3D forums where I'm showcasing like my snowboard prototype. Um, I trolled it and I replied with a screenshot of Shredder's all like 12 years later saying that uh that I, I just upgraded the engine and now it looks like this but actually it was me like all those years ago working on a snowboarding prototype um never never actually finished it because it was just me and other projects came abroad and then uh, maybe like seven eight years ago I was working on a procedural snowboarding game which was meant for mobile so it was actually generating a snowboard constantly uh, on the fly, uh, mm -hmm. you could design your own snow parks, and it was a mobile. Yeah, it was a mobile game, so it needed to run on an iPhone. But that actually, I have a couple of tweets about that as well. And it's all the tech was done; I was ready to implement it. And then, uh, yeah, Valve sent me a VR headset and started working on a prototype, which became Spacefire Trainer. So I had to put like my snowboarding game in the freezer. And then, yeah, I ended up working four more years on, on Space Pirate Trainer. And then after all those years, I was like, yeah, but shit, now I really want to make that snowboarding game. Yeah, and then I found Marcus, who was who actually made a decent snowboarding game with very compelling physics and, and just had this spark. And I thought, like, yeah, if we could combine, like, a great team together and, like, some production quality and, and like, even improve those physics... And, and create like a wonderful environment. Maybe we could create something that could possibly be like some kind of sp spiritual successor of Amped, which was always like one of the my favorite games. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And I want to give context to the listeners. Uh, Space Pirate Trainer is a VR game that's it's on Vive, Oculus Touch, uh, Microsoft Mixed Reality, Oculus Quest, and in 2018 it came to PSVR. And uh, it's we it's it's cool for me to see that that's such a different game in so many ways than shredders. Uh, and and your, <laughs> your experience takes you from what, from one to the other, you know, and that's, that's a really cool thing. Yeah. I, mean, I think uh, like the game before was elemental, which was like a platformer. And that's actually, it was closer to snowboarding because it was all based on flow. So um, yeah, I think like, I like to do different projects along the way. Like uh, the last thing I'll be doing now is making shredders too, like immediately. I might feel triggered after a while, and and we'll probably like we're going to keep on updating shutters, obviously, but mm -hmm. but still like the if there's a next big project, it might be like a two D top down thing or something. I don't know yet. So yeah. so basically, shredders two is not in the future for a bit. We're refining. Ah uh, no, we 1 need and... we need to extend on shredders, of course. Like gotcha. Uh, there's more stuff incoming. Okay. Okay. Cool. Then yeah. I'm going to invite you to talk about that in a few minutes, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, for sure. How long has Shredders or had Shredders been in development prior to launch? Uh, about three years with a smaller team. So we took some of the core of uh, 
of snowboarding game for physics. And then we started making a prototype, which took like a bit less than a year uh, mm -hmm. with me, uh, Marcus, and a couple of freelancers that we hired specifically for those, for like assets and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, then we actually, like when once we had a prototype, we kind of went to uh, the platforms, different platforms, and we just showcased like, this is a game we want to make. And, and uh, like, this is going to be how long it will take and uh this is probably the cost of it so uh anyone is it is anyone interested and xbox actually was uh was like they support us uh actually from the start um and decided to like to bring it to xbox game pass and as a first on xbox title so at that point we decided like, okay this is going to be played by a lot of people so we need to scale up a bit mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah in the end i think um the final year was about 15 different people uh so i think for the past year or almost two years we worked with 15 different people um so yeah, that's kind of the size. So two years, one year with the smaller team, and then two years with the bigger team. Okay, so if the, if the bigger team is fifteen people, what's the smaller team? Like five or something. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so yeah. you go and you shop it to other platform holders, and and in my mind, I'm thinking like Steam, PlayStation, and you said Xbox said yes first. Uh, and brought you in. Is that right? Is that who you go to talk to in those meetings, or are, are there other publishers? Well, yeah, if you have a platform like Xbox or PlayStation behind you or, or Nintendo, if it's if it's possible on Switch, yeah, it's it's just if there's interest and, and they they kind of feel like this could be something and they could promote you in some way, like marketing wise. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a big thing, because currently marketing your video game is one of the toughest things to do. And if you know that there's a chance if you do your best and you make great trailers and and um, you'll be exclusive, uh, yeah, platforms tend to respect that and they tend to support it, support you. And like, yeah, just make a great product after it. And mm -hmm. also, yeah, there's also, usually there's also a history, right? If you already made a game that was successful, it's a bit easier to get in touch with those platforms. It's not that you like, from like from nothing you can just go to a platform and say like here's a pitch for a game you actually need to have something cool already so after that one year we already had something that was actually playable and and, and showable it was just like a vertical slice uh if the audience knows what i mean with the vertical yeah. slice, it's like just a very small portion of the game but already trying to get the graphics on a specific level but having kind of the gore gameplay in there uh, Absolutely. That has to be nerve wracking to shop your game around and know that it's a vertical slice. You're a year in, you're planning on more time. Uh, when you, when you do that and then a company like Xbox or anybody else, if it doesn't matter what platform says, yes, Hey, we want this. Uh, what's that moment like? Terrifying, amazing? <laughs> it's all at the same time because you're super awesome that people are believing in it, especially with this, because it was, it was a passion project, but it's also like, oh shit! Now we really have to start production on this with a very big team, and and it's kind of scary at the same time because I think 15 was the biggest team that we had. It's, it was all experienced people, so even the the 15 man team was a like it was a solid team that we had on on, on Shredders. Um, 
but still it's still scary in some way because yeah you have to end up with a with a game that your target audience likes yeah. um, which is always like the most important thing of course yeah. and of course to be you know you mentioned amped earlier there's there's a history with a lot of people in those games uh yeah. and then you have the ssx games as well that i think stick out in people's minds and yeah. uh, you know you mentioned the idea of wanting to get eyes on it marketing the game and such uh they xbox brought you in and they was the game pass on the table right away was that something they were like hey snowboarding we need that or it, what goes through there no not really i'm not sure how much i can tell, talk about that but in, in the in the end like they saw we were working really hard. They saw updates of the game. They saw new gameplay clips. Uh, they saw the trailers that we were making. And they saw the interest of the audience. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, Xbox was interested in Gamepad itself. I can remember a so, lot of the conversations people were... Because Phil Spencer himself snowboards, people were like, Oh, Phil, look at this! Um, <laughs> and that was, that was fun for me to watch cause on the outside uh, looking in, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it was first like a first on Xbox thing was the first agreement that we did, um, and that's already kind of a proof of that the platform believes in you. So the the Game Pass thing was actually for us it was kind of the the moment where we decided okay uh, we can take more financial risk with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to put more in it because a lot of like a lot of people play it. So mm-hmm. in the end, the project became way bigger because uh, because we knew Gameplus was happening. How do you so, ramp yeah. up on that then? If you know you have to put more people on it because because you are going to have more eyes when you're into a service like that. Um, <clears throat> do you start talking to your friends or do you do you outsource and start you know just putting out feelers to see who's willing to come work or uh, you know you said that everybody. Or, or that most people on the team are snowboarders themselves. Like, is that is that one of the things you guys look for? Yeah, one of the things was like moving resources from, for example, or uh, other projects to to this one. The other one is uh, like, if you've been a while in the industry, you know which people are good for what, and if you have good relationships with with uh, people in the industry, yeah, you you tend to get the right people for the right job if you give them a nice atmosphere to work in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although it might have not have been the final three months because it was really heavy to finish the game, but still, I think everyone is proud of the project and had a great time. Um, but yeah, um, we had we had some luck as well, especially like, I think, um, I was doing most of the level design and uh, making most of the parks, and but I was programming at the same time, doing UI, so it was a bit, much at some point i was like yeah it's a bit of a pity that i can't spend more time on level design because that's what kind of like was missing in in a lot of other games i wanted to have a lot of kick-ass parks in there so i started looking for a level designer early mm-hmm. last year uh early 21 um and like i we tweeted out like uh uh, a job position, like a job opening, like uh, if you can work with Unity and you're a snowboarder, you know what jumps are like, send me like a resume. And we got some pretty decent ones, but I wasn't like 100% sure that they would fit in the team or that it would actually, that the project would gain a lot from it because you also have to uh, like uh, learn the tools to them. Like they have, they need to get, like they need to learn the project and it's a pretty complex project. But at some point, like, I was almost like deciding to hire one of those people. And then I said to my, to our social media guy, like, let's tweet it again, just to be sure. 
and then Brandon O'Brien, uh, Canadian, um, contacted me, and he already worked like on a snow park in the in the game called Snow, but he was actually doing shaping and like it real snow parks in Whistler. Uh, and he was actually making all of these 3D designs. He had experience with Blender. He had once used or twice used Unity. But he, like, just the fact that he was interested in it and he was actually a park designer. Uh, we just met up. Um, I showed him the project. I was showing all the tools that we made to to create snow parks. And, and you could see in his eyes that he was like, oh shit, this is so awesome. I can actually write my own parks that I'm designing. Mm-hmm. And I teach them for like one or one week or something, like giving him feedback constantly. And after two, three weeks, he was already spewing out like small parks, but really nice ones. And two months later, he was making kick-ass parks. And for me, that was such like, uh, it was just, just a cool synergy to get like real actual people from there being there and creating parks or the parks that they would love to have in real life but like now in in shredders and so yeah i think it boosted the whole project and we had some luck with like programmers as well programmers that saw like there was one programmer that saw the the trailer uh, the teaser of shredder so that's mm-hmm. actually in 2020 that mm-hmm. we teased it for the first time and he saw the butter movement uh, in, in powder and he was like yeah this is what i want to work on uh, do you still have an opening <laughs> because i just finished my project and uh he's, he's from france uh, sebastien and uh, he ended up one of the yeah he's one of the core programmers actually like when he joined the team uh, he has been a, a big help in the team for for the past two years so it's really cool to, because you know those people they're they're snowboarders they felt that what we were trying to do they felt what our vision was and they completely like they took it as it was their own project and yeah that that's that's just also luck it's luck and trying to treat people well so you can work with them again absolutely <laughs> yeah, it's a combination yeah absolutely and i have to think we're seeing more and more at least on the outside looking in you know as a non developer uh, i'm hearing more and more stories about how people are seeing teasers or they're hearing about a project or knowing that a certain team is working, you know, in a genre, be it snowboarding, racing or, or first person shooter, what, whatnot. And then talking about the engine and, and that's inviting for people. It gets people's minds open to it. And, uh, you know, if this, this gentleman you're talking about, like sees the butter movements and then it's like, yo, that's my, I want to do that. That's got to yeah. feel good to have a project that is there for them. Yeah, of course. And he was also experienced. Like he made his, he had his own company making a paper beast. And before that, he worked at Ubisoft. So it was also a, like he was a fit for our team. He was experienced and, and very motivated to do something like it. And yeah, that's just like if moments like that happen, you should just grasp to it and, and get them in the team and, and try to make the best product, I guess. Well, I mean, he, this, you, know, you bring people in, they're making incredible, uh, parks and you're sitting there uh and seeing kind of the vision you're talking about scaling up when you realize that the audience size might go up uh was there a moment where you're like yo we have to pull back and take some stuff out because the project got too big (laughs) yeah i guess i guess so uh 
Like, <laughs> I can't talk about all the details because people, that would be like the first thing that people would ask, like, can you put that in? Oh, okay, uh, that, gotcha. that, that, <laughs> No, yeah, okay. but like, no, no, we had a lot of like, uh, we had uh, different, like, we had more missions, obviously. Uh, uh, not really environment is kind of, it, it's maybe we had first seen a bit more details or, or things like that. At some point we discussed skiing, like uh, if we can put skiing in there, because we have our physics engines, uh, we have our animation engine. But yeah, to make, a, to put a skier in there, it works, but you have to redo all the animations and all the procedural animations and that's a huge amount of work because just because of how shredders works and how marcus made uh, the animation system so it's very complex and we knew that like if we're going to put for example skis in there uh it's going to come at a cost uh, mm -hmm. and, uh and this cost would would have been like snowboarding being less good and that was not a compromise we we could make uh so those kind of things like kind of uh, along the way uh changed mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah sure. um, but other things like went in like uh, we never knew for sure we were going to do winches but in the end winches are a super cool part of the game and the snowmobile is super cool so we kind of tried prototyping stuff and sometimes something was in there something was out there we even like we had half pipes in the game and then we took them out because we thought like it's cool but it's not cool enough yet and then one of the first mods we saw was just people enabling that specific half pipe that we made uh, so yeah but it's 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 funny to see uh, the modding community taking advantage of that. But uh, like, we kind of, so if we let something out, it was mainly because we didn't feel that it reached our like quality standard. I guess. Mm -hmm. So the premise of my question wasn't wasn't intended to be odd. It was just you know the idea of if I suddenly had what I knew would be an influx of people playing, and suddenly somebody as big as yeah. you know Game Pass, like, hey, we want you with us. I feel like my eyes would get too big for my stomach, you know, like I'm at the buffet <laughs> and I'm like, I want this and I want this and I want this. And then all of a sudden I'm yeah. like, well, I can't finish. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know if that was a, a thing. And it's funny, you're, you're talking about the engine and the massive overhaul to do something like adding in skiing versus snowboarding. And it's funny because again, on the outside looking in and I have this, such an amateur approach to this because I know nothing about engines, right? I, to me, I'm like, oh, these seem like very similar things. But I'm remembering a story that the Days Gone developers uh, talked about years ago when they were talking about how they were using an engine that was never designed to have two-wheeled vehicles. And so for months, they spent trying to figure out how to get, I think it was an Unreal 4, to get you know, these <laughs> two four-wheel vehicles down into a two-wheel bike. And I have to imagine it's something similar trying to get a snowboarding animation and snowboarding physics into two separate skis. Yeah, it's two snowboards. <laughs> yeah. Is is that like what would have to happen in all the animation there? Yeah, that and and next to that there's it's also just two physical elements that are touching the ground. So if you're doing butters and one ski is on the ground, one isn't. It's not that like if it would have been designed from the ground up for skiing, it like it would have also been hard to implement snowboarding. Mm -hmm. The fact is it's just snowboarding because the Two uh, like the two founders of the company, me and Marcus, are snowboarders. I, I know I can ski, but I snowboard most of the time. Um, so 
that's yeah it's mainly that that was actually the reason um it's not that we didn't want to do it it's mainly because we also wanted to we also wanted to release it like this winter and there's a big reason <laughs> like uh like we had more features planned as well but there was a reason why we wanted to release now uh and the main reason is like we worked with pros, right? And we worked with brands of those pros. Mm -hmm. So all the brands are connected with one of the pros. Um, but we scanned in all their clothing. And uh, scanning the, in the clothing, it's it's a pretty heavy process because like all the brands need to be like, okay, that's a good presentation of our clothing. So it's not that we can just throw something in and they're like, okay, it's fine enough. No, we actually got them like in a, we have a photogrammetry boot we bought a scanner we scanned in all the actual elements so all the brands send in their clothing even even if the clothing wasn't done yet because it was for season 21 22 and so we got clothing even before summer mm -hmm. um scan them all in then remodeled it and pushed it everything and make sure all the shaders are well done uh so if if we wouldn't have made this season Mm -hmm. uh yeah we, we can't release a snowboarding game in the summer so it would have been uh november and the mm -hmm. problem is if you do november that all the clothing is from the past year and people would complain about that so we would have to rescan and redo all the boards all the clothing and it took months months of people's time to do something like that so that's actually a reason why we all said like okay we want to finish it we want to release it in december 21 that was actually our first like this is a deadline and when we reached that we was like we were like no we, it needs to be a bit better a bit more missions a bit more finishing up all the level design so we said okay let's do it somewhere in march that's still ski season it's the end of the ski season but people will be happy they can still so like snowboard this season and we won't have to do redo all the all the assets for for the game again so yeah it's there, there's all there's always like a reason behind a specific thing we we did in this project <laughs> man that's it's so wide it's like in order you build these great relationships with these companies and dirk i hope you got to keep some of the clothes because you know that sounds <laughs> but you build these relationships and it's like all right that's almost an artificial timeline that all right now we're constricted we've got to get it out by this time uh otherwise we risk damaging that relationship that's got to be like the financial reality to the really cool aspect of hey we're working with professionals we're working with these great companies to that clothe other borders that's that's got to be a uh, uh odd in some ways yeah it's odd but i have to say we we had did have a pretty open relationship we just also wanted to to be fair to them and try to like to make them shine as much as possible we were just super happy that they were supporting us and all those pros as well so you just want to do yeah you just don't want to do it right um but yeah it kind of gives some stress also you want to create a good game and and we're super lucky on steam it's overwhelmingly uh positive so that's that's super nice and it's also something we can go to the brands and see like okay we actually did our best and our core audience group is really is really liking the game but yeah it gives some kind of extra stress same for the pros like they were all so friendly also uh great people to work with so you obviously want to make a, a great game and not something that that people won't like just for those people as well yeah i um, can imagine yep i can imagine and 
So I want to let's talk about the the release of it. It came out on March seventeenth and yeah. overwhelmingly positive on Steam. You had the Xbox audience, the Xbox Game Pass audience, which means that you're you're hitting cloud. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got uh, what am I thinking about forward compatibility? Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> oh god, you when you put when it plays on Xbox One and Series X, I'm blanking because it's a long day for me too. But you've got all these people that are putting eyes onto your project, smart delivery. That was what I was thinking of, and then you have to bear the brunt of, of the good, the bad and all that stuff. What's it like to put your art, your, your soul into something and see that art get critiqued and whatnot uh, in the best and worst ways. What is What is release day like for you? Well, I, I have experience with it <laughs> so mm-hmm. for me, like for the first project elemental um, uh, that's, that's the best way because it's kind of the same thing every time. Um, it got a lot of good reviews, uh, and then if there's one review coming out that's bad, it's and you spend like two years on it, like day and night, and every weekend, and you didn't see your kids a lot, it hurts. Like every kind of negative comment hurts. Um, and so, like I was scanning through all the social media, and if you scan well enough, like negative people are usually louder as well, uh, mm-hmm. and so they actually leave more reviews. Uh, they tend to leave uh, more reviews so um in the end like i i noticed that that like it wasn't bringing me any joy and at some point i had a big desktop wallpaper on uh, a big uh, image on my on my desktop and it was just saying do not feed the trolls uh, because i was actually replying to some of those people just trying to explain what what i was trying to do and it didn't make it better it would ah. just made it worse because it's kind of a rabbit hole um and, and so for now for this project um i actually felt like okay everyone who's who's snowboarding and 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 knows what we're doing like creating like some kind of new amp Mm-hmm. they will there's a very big possibility they will like it okay press will be mixed because it's a hard game and some people won't get it immediately and some of the pressers like that that love snowboarding will really like it so we'll have mixed there but in my opinion like on a, on a platform like uh, steam where people will have to buy it it's mostly snowboarders buying it but like on a, on a game pass everyone can download it so uh, anyone just will download and give it a try so we knew like scoring would be lower there because like it's not a shooter so here's one star but like <laughs> yeah like, like you, i i can't live with it um i mean like we also got a lot of personal emails uh, written to us on social media just mails to our company a lot of people just saying thank you for making this and for finally making something that actually feels like snowboarding i had a mail today from an austrian snowboard instructor that was like finally someone made something actually feels like snowboarding i can almost show it to my students how to how to do carving and rotations in there so it's 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 funny to get those emails and it's also very heartwarming and uh yeah if you read just the reviews on on steam where where our target audience is playing it and you know that people bought it specifically for that you know that we made a good game for a core audience and i just don't read uh, negativity anymore um i think it's uh, a rabbit hole for a lot of people like if you're releasing your first game or even second game and it's, and you're getting a way bigger exposure than you were expecting mm-hmm. there's always a lot of like in in 
if you put 100 people next to each other, there's probably one guy or one that you won't like. And so in the internet, it's kind of uh, the same but extreme. So you'll have thousands yeah. of people that have different opinions. Uh, I'm so yeah, you, you you grow a thick skin. That's how I call it. And and mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, you just continue making stuff that you really like yourself or you would really like to play yourself. And, and you go from there. But yeah, it's it's. I think for a lot of people in the team, it's also something that they needed to realize uh, and not respond to everything. It's but yeah, there are some sure. experienced people in our team, so they know how to how to handle it. Sure, that's got to be a tough lesson to learn. I I would think for sure. <laughs> yeah, I it mean, is. It is. <laughs> you you have this these audiences in so many places. Do you feel like you got out to enough people? You saw you've got enough eyes on it. You're able to keep going and and working with it. I mean, that's yeah. But yeah, tell me about it. like like. Do you feel like you got the reach you were hoping for with Shredder so far? Oh yeah, that, totally. Um, especially with Game Pass. Um, like we had minimum numbers, we had like preferable numbers, and I have to say, like it's it's better than 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 both of those. It's not that it's like the biggest indie hit or something, but it's it's a it's really good it's a really good product and it's successful, um, and it'll be successful, uh, hopefully very successful by the end of the year. And 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 snowboarding is also something that, like, if you look at those type of games they tend to sell way better in the, in winter so uh, mm-hmm. we're aiming to do an update like somewhere the end of the year um like a bigger update with like uh new snow parks and stuff like that um and so like i know the the, the pacing of of game sales will go higher again for these types of games um but yeah it's we can already say it's a success just sales wise it's doing well uh it's doing very well and 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 also people are liking it and reviews are are great and so much awesome content is being made on youtube as well i think a lot like most of our team members like they it's it's uh, they, they think it's super cool to see all those people making like custom videos and snowboard movies just from our game and that's yeah, it is awesome. I noticed yeah. that when I was doing research for the interview, just how many people were creating their own versions and the lighting and they were making use of different camera angles and the drone. And it, yeah. it was just cool to see the the videos they they made. I want to get to that in a minute, but I am curious about one other aspect. You mentioned that minimum number. Is that a number that you guys come up with as far as like your studio or is that something that you, you have to talk about with platform holders? That's like the the financial reality of game dev where does that minimum number come from which side it's mostly from experience okay. <laughs> it's, it's always something like you can never like you never notice in advance and usually it's somewhere between the extreme low and it's, it's always something average unless something blows up insanely um but yeah it's it's no it's something that we taught ex- internally and I always said when I started this project, this is such a, a passion project that I'm okay if it's break even. Um, so I was like, the minimum numbers were like, let's make sure it's break even. And the the like the numbers that we really want to were like, okay, if we have these still these kind of numbers, it's kind of, it's kind of similar to other games in that genre, and that would be really really cool. That was kind of like if we can get to that level that would be awesome um so yeah you kind of come up with because you don't know all the numbers right you 
the only way to see this as an external is how many reviews a specific game app uh, has for how long it's out there, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also if it's free or not, because if it's a free game, you get uh, way more reviews, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of that balance. Um, but usually, like if it's financially healthy, if if you can take another risk with your next project, that's usually where success comes uh, comes in like if, if you had a project and with the profit of that project you can kind of make two risks with your new project because actually uh shredders was paid by space pirate trainer like from that project that was actually the project that <laughs> did most of the of the of the funding for for shredders um and hopefully that will be the case again in the future uh obviously but um, for another project that is not yeah. at all snowboarding and something well totally maybe like of, of course obviously we're going to put like there's always some money that goes back in in the in the project itself especially if there's multiplayer involved and if there's if a lot of people wanting new features and in this in this case for shredders i like it has some longevity so we want to keep on supporting it that's for sure that's really cool. That's really cool. And one of the things, you know, to, to go back to the point you made, it, it was people are creating so many things and doing so many things with your game. And for me, it was always like every time I watched gameplay uh, or played myself, I was just seeing this incredible uh, vista of just snowboarding beauty. Like everything looked beautiful and you were seeing the light off the mountains and uh just different lens effects and the snow kind of kicking up off the back of the board. It really felt like a relaxing endeavor. Um, yeah. And I will tell you, I'm really bad at your game, Dirk. I am not, <laughs> <good at> it. <laughs> I am not if there's plans for an autoplay mode, uh, I would just like to steer. Cause every time I try a trick, I'm falling down, but the game is so relaxing and, and beautiful. It's fun to just, Go down the hill, you know, and just see everything. You, you do know there's a landing button, right? Yeah. Uh, landing is a relative term when it comes to me doing it. Like I try, you know. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah it's a similar. I, I, that's that's always the balance between like similar. If you just want to cruise down a mountain, it's pretty simple, I guess. The game itself. Mm-hmm. If you want to start doing tricks or flying, it gets really hard. And I would just say the same thing about Rocket League. If you're just cruising around, it's super simple. Mm-hmm. If you want to fly around and make goals, uh, uh, air goals or aerial goals, yeah, it's it's very difficult. You have to train a lot. And I guess it's kind of the same with Shredders. Uh, but yeah, if you saw like after one week, the kind of movies that were already releasing and people doing absolute crazy stuff on the mountain, like some people immediately get it as well. But yeah, I think you just, some people after one week already had like 19 hours or like 90 hours of, of, of riding around the mountain. So yeah, it's good. (laughs) It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm really glad you didn't put any bone breaking sounds in because my poor character uh, would have had (laughs) had trouble there. When you see those, those films and things that people are putting together, uh, does that influence like, Hey, maybe we can do something different when we do drop the next update or whatnot. And you see like the tricks that people are trying to pull off and successfully and fail, failing to pull off. Does that influence like the next updates kind of thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. We, we, yeah, sometimes something amazes us. No, but usually we, 
if, like as devs, you've played the game so much, you already know in advance what people like. We knew people were going to ask for higher gravity and and that it feels more realistic, which is not. Uh, it's not more realistic. Maybe like the only thing that could be more realistic is like the the ollies themselves could be a bit lower. But we figured out that for like uh, for ease of playing, uh, that was a, the right value. Um, but yeah, you've played it so much. That you know what kind of stuff will go wrong and 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 what might be improved, but still then like with some of those movies, how they're using the cameras, how they're playing it, definitely inspires us for uh, for tweaks and changes and uh, additional content. Yeah, definitely. So here's an unfair question to you: Can you tease anything about that stuff that you're looking to put into the game, or if it's not a tease, like is there stuff you can you've already openly said that we could reiterate for people to look forward to? Wow, a lot of people are just asking for more parks, and I think that's already on the table. Uh, people are, for example, wanting uh, first-person view as a replay thing, and I agree that would be cool, because someone was already kind of trying it with a camera angle and modifying all the key points so it looked like it was POV. Um, like a so, GoPro type angle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, okay. they just keyframed it in such a good way that it looked like a GoPro. And uh, we actually had it, and I had it implemented as actually snowboarding, but it, it, it doesn't work really well. But for for replays, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it actually makes a lot of sense. So those kind of things are, are really interesting uh, to change. Also, multiplayer-wise, we're... We actually have some ideas to make it more fun and uh, like to generate hotspots where people can can do tricks and everyone knows like that's the kind of place where you want to go if you want to see a lot of people online. You want to put more people in the same room at the same time, like in the same room, I mean like in the same slope because every mm-hmm. slope is or every area, smaller area has its own room. Um, but yeah, those kind of things. Um, yeah, and then there's like small things but we still have to see how much work like how much work it is and how it goes into in planning and yeah so <laughs> was that yeah. enough of a, of a tease <laughs> oh, that, there you go man that's that's awesome that's exciting well uh dirk i can't thank you enough for joining me today it is so exciting to hear uh creators talk about their work and hear how proud and excited they are about it i'm so glad to hear that uh you guys are doing well that game pass treated you well, like Xbox community and the steam communities are treating you well. Um, yeah. Please point people to where they can find your game. I don't, you know, real quick is, is shredders going to be hitting any other platforms? Are we going to see it anywhere else? Point people to where they can find your work. Well, it's a shredders game.com. Um, we also have a, a Twitter, uh, which is shredders game. We have uh, uh, Instagram. Shredder's game, <laughs> but from Shredder'sGame.com you can find uh, all the all the links to the platforms. And in the future, if there would be other platforms, it would be showcased there as well. But yeah, Xbox oh, was so supportive. Answer. I didn't. I put you on a spot, man, by accident. I, that was a diplomatic way, way of saying that one. Really? <laughs> <laughs> sounded like it. Sorry about that. Ooh. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. It's uh, uh, like. Like Xbox was so supportive to us that like we just like it's just they they've just been awesome from the start and it's one of the reasons why Shredders exists is because they believed in us so yeah uh, really cool so 
I cut you off. Where can they find you on Twitter? On the Shredder's Game. Shredder's Game. At Shredder's Game. Let's see. To be sure. <laughs> I'm typing it in right now. Always a wise choice. Always a wise choice. I've done the same thing many a time just to make sure. So, at Shredder's Game. It's our go. Twitter. Yeah, and uh, the website is shreddersgame.com. You well, can find Dirk- all our social media there. There we go. There we go. Dirk Van Weldon, uh, CEO and developer for Shredders uh, and at Foam Punch Games. Thank you again for joining me, man. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, for supporting us. Everyone that played the game or is making content or whatever. It means the world to us. So thanks for that.